Happy Jacks RPG Podcast, a roundtable discussion that's a mix of friendship, humor, unbridled enthusiasm, and tabletop RPG topics sent in from around the world. Just for another role. Hello, and welcome to uh, Season 30, Episode 12 of the Happy Jacks RPG Podcast. My name is Kimmy. Hey, I'm Nick. Jameson. Riley. All right. And we have uh, a lot of new voices this week, which is really exciting. Um, Nick, you know Nick. Nick's been around. Um, Jameson's been around too, but not for a while. Right. It's been a good while. Some stuff came up, kind of kept me indoors, you know, but it's fine. Well, we are glad you're here. Mm -hmm. And then we have Riley. You've seen Riley. Riley came and did the one shot of Starscape. Yeah. And um, yeah, so we're very excited you're here. Uh, we love when people are very are, are playing the APs and then like, oh yeah, I'll do the advice show too. It's like, yeah, <laughs> excellent. Um, all right, and uh, in today's episode, new listener Conrad asks about systems for historical TTRPG campaigns and sieges or war campaigns and games. Micah asks which systems capture that capture their intended setting and tone perfectly. And Nicholas in Sweden asks about strategies to organize campaign notes. If you'd like to contribute a question or a story to the show, you can email us at happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. That's happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. For announcements this week, we have some upcoming shows that we want to kind of like tease you about. So the first one that is starting this coming up Wednesday is called Hexbreakers. It's a kids on broom campaign that will be GM'd by Emily, which is very exciting. And Riley's going to be in it. Wait, what? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. And I'm going to be in it. What? I'm so excited. Oh, my God. Yeah, we're going to start the first AP in this place without me in it. Are you kidding? <laughs> <laughs> um, so we'll be doing session zero of that um, on Wednesday this, ne- this next week, July 6th. Um, we will be starting remote with session zero because COVID. But... Um, after that, we will be playing in this room in person, which is very exciting. I'm very, I'm so excited about that. I'm so excited. Um, also, we have another AP that will be in the Quest RPG system that is not titled because Jason takes forever to name his game. And then it'll change after the first session, too? Yes. Just like all the rules for the game. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Love if you, could... Jason. Yeah, we love you. <laughs> Hopefully you don't listen to this episode for a little while. Um, and that's going to play on Saturday nights. Uh, it will start July 9th with uh, character creation, session zero, like most of our games. Um, and it's going to be like like fantasy pirates, but not pirates, like like high fantasy on boats with magic and stuff. Swashbuckling, so, perhaps? Swashbuckling. Buckles will be swashbuckling. He's describing right. it as yeah. like traders. Yeah. Oh, like doing some sort of traders to what? <laughs> <laughs> It will probably have some sort of <laughs> giant corporate evil entity, if I know Jason at all, and the themes yeah. of all his games. Don't I actually helped him name the go. giant evil corporation, so I, I know it. I don't want to ruin the surprise for anyone, so enjoy it. Okay. Yeah, Nick's going to be in that game, so. This is sort of like a fantasy. <laughs> what? what? I know. Like a fantasy East India trading company kind of vibe? Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably. Commentary on how evil things are with magic. 
and uh, that's pretty much both the games that are starting actually <laughs> um yeah and so as you can tell from everyone's startled reactions i'm no longer asking people if they want to be in games i'm just inviting them onto the advice show and telling them they're in games and not giving them a choice <laughs> is there a key for this chain at some point <laughs> <laughs> try not to rattle it during the show it's very distracting yeah Oh, I've been warned. <laughs> We've got some noise suppression, but the, the chains, they just doesn't quite get it. All right. And um, our very exciting thing that we'd love for you to sign up for, your call to action this week is for, again, JackerCon, which is happening July 22nd through the 24th. It is our fan-run online convention. And so far, there's like 13 or 14 games signed up for wow. that weekend now, yeah, which is really lot. exciting. It's great. Um, and I still haven't added mine. So. <laughs> That was like what I said Wait I was going to do. That's <laughs> <laughs> my MO. Every, this is what everyone thinks my life is, like this organized, beautiful part of the studio. And then my real life is like behind the curtain over there <laughs> where we all get to stare and look at the mess. But <laughs> uh, yeah, so and uh, do not feel obligated. Like we have plenty of games, like in true Happy Jacks community fashion, we've got so many GMs. So if you want to just chill out and play like, that's fine. You don't have to feel obligated to run a game to play in a game. Go sign up. If you go to happyjacks.org slash JC, which stands for JackerCon, um, you can go. There's a schedule of all the games there. Um, I believe the schedule will uh, swap to your time zone because it's a Google pool thing, but double check. <laughs> um, but all the rules there are there to if you want to run a game, all the rules for just participating in the server. Um, every game will be using safety tools and all the information is right there um, and you'll just join the discord there's a link for the discord you can click on it and if you don't know what discord is next to it it says what is discord and that's a link and it'll take you to an article telling you what discord is um so yeah you can do all that stuff and do the thing we're very excited and uh yeah jackercon is blowing up this year it's very exciting uh thank you to everyone who's running that jackalope everybody everybody you're all amazing great jackercon team all right Woo. Have any of you signed up for anything on JackerCon? Putting you on the spot. Um, I have looked at things, but I haven't signed up for anything yet because my brain is made out of Swiss cheese, right. and uh, it's just been difficult for me to concentrate on any of that. But I am very interested, and I would hopefully I will and see see some. I was going to say all of you, but probably only some of you. <laughs> It'd be a very difficult game with all of you. Yeah. Yes. That's the one downside of online cons. There's not like the mingling that happens yeah, quite as lobby. much. Yeah, the lobby, like the bar. Oh, well, someday it'll be back. We need mm -hmm. to get something like on Wii or on one of the game, you know, communities. And right. we can all run around with our little avatars. And talk. There was, yeah. there was, I can't remember what it's called top of my head, but there was like, like a challenge to Zoom around like late 2020 that was like that, where you had like a little 8-bit character that would walk around. And like, it was like being a con because you'd walk up and basically your, your audio was set up so that unless you were, you're, you're like, avatar was in proximity to somebody you couldn't just hear them talking from across the room oh okay. so you'd walk up to them and you could have little like tables where you could play board games i can't remember what it's called top man it's trying yeah. to be bonkers that's now. so cool so my friend had like a little private server that like they basically built a bar and like you could hang out in the bar and play games and watch, <laughs> like you could put like youtube videos on the tv and stuff like that so i think i think people wanted to try to use it for online cons but it just never got enough audience to use it so yeah it was a little bit glitchy um yeah. tomes ran a like a story game con with it and it was so neat mm -hmm. um it was a little weird because like it was the first time i'd been i felt like i it was in a room of people and it's like when you walk into a room you get like that little like self-conscious you're like oh i don't know if i know them do i do i know you do i know you <laughs> 
And it was like that feeling again, except you're like a little like avatar. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah. I was like, oh, this is kind of weird. But I played enough MMOs. I was like, okay, I know this life. Yeah. And but you it was start me. griefing. Yeah. And you'd like walk through the room. You look, well, your avatar would walk through the room and you'd like hear conversations as you walked by. Like, oh, that's oh, that's okay. it was really that's pretty cool. cool. Um, so yeah, so that was a neat thing. But, eh, oh well. Okay, let's get started. Mailbag if, number one. If you remember oh. what it is. Yeah, I'm sure either, somebody. Either, either I'm type sure type someone's the already typed this it line. in. Mm -hmm. And if not, just shout it into your microphone as as you're listening on your earbuds or yeah. whatever, and we'll hear you somehow. Yeah. Email it to your Supreme Court justice. <laughs> name. Or or email it to or, us. Yeah. Be like, hey, that episode, this is what it was, and we'll read it later, and we'll be like, yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. yeah. All right, first email. Who would like to read it? I'll anybody, start. Anybody? Okay. Nick. Hey, my name is Con. I'm playing the part of Conrad here. Okay. My name is Conrad, and I'm a newish listener. I followed the Traveler campaign, but I haven't had much time to keep up on other games. Anyhow, I've been really digging your Q&A streams, and I have quite a few, so I'll just cut to the chase. 1. I have a rough idea for a historical campaign set during the Albigensian Crusade, which I've probably pronounced incorrectly. That doesn't say that in the copy. That's me. <laughs> Set in the early to mid-1200s, this is a campaign centered around the politics of southern France. During this time, a dualistic faith known as Catharism has been popping up, both in, in both secular and ecclesiastical forces, ecclesiastical forces have moved both in favor and against this movement and ideology. Players can be from anywhere in Europe, or perhaps even from the Holy Land itself, given that the kingdom of uh, Acre is still hanging on by a thread. There's some flexibility in what can be knights, aristocrats, clerics of many varieties, merchants, members of one of the military orders, and really anything else that is appropriate for the period. My question is, what system would be best for this sort of game? Part of me thinks D&D wouldn't be a great fit for this, given that there'll be no magic and combat won't be the center of this game. Any suggestions or tips? Uh, and should I read number two also? Or do uh, we want to talk about that first one first? Uh, read the full email. And then okay. we will fix the rest of it. Uh, second question, sort of related to the previous question, but how would the Happy Jacks gang run a battle, siege, or war? I've only done this sort of thing in Pathfinder. Previously, the way I've done this is consider the player choices leading up to an engagement and weigh how they would have benefited their efforts with how they have also hindered themselves. But I'd like to get your ideas on the matter. How do you handle this? Especially in respect to my historical crusade game. Thank you in advance. Hmm. That was a very detailed first question. And uh, thank you. Thank you. And welcome to the Happy Jacks community, Conrad. Thank you for writing an email. We always appreciate it. Mm -hmm. So I know Excellent. that some of us are very excited about answering <laughs> this question. So take it away. Okay. Yes. Uh, what I would recommend for number one, Band of Blades. Uh, it is a game system that is all about... Uh, this war, has, this army's been forged and brought together, and they are going into this army of darkness, and they lose, and they are running away. And you have these overarching uh, views that the players play as, you know, one's like the commander, one's the quartermaster, but then you do smaller skirmishes where you use small groups of uh, soldiers to do missions and such. And depending on what missions you undertake, those allow you to do different things in the campaign. Because there is some magic in that, you can always just remove that element and i think it slots in perfectly for what you're looking for 
while it might not have the weapons and uh, armaments that are period accurate, I feel like that's going to have the core mechanics that you're looking for. I'm going to disagree. I'm going to, I'm going to disagree because uh, Conrad specifically says that it's not a combat-focused game, mm-hmm. and having read Band of Blades, it very much is a combat-focused game. And uh, it sounds like Conrad wants to go ahead and do more of uh, kind of a political uh, aspect, kind of like a, you could be a merchant, you could be a, a cleric, and not like a D&D cleric, but like a That's holy true. person cleric. Um, I don't have a specific uh, game, that, game system I would recommend. However, I think that game systems that are designed to be kind of universal are going to be where you should go. Um, I'm not a big fan of GURPS, but it might work for this particular thing. Um, my particular favorite in that is Hero System uh, by Iron Crown Enterprises, uh, which I think does a fantastic job of letting you customize uh, a hero and their abilities, in my opinion, are easier to understand and, and rate than GURPS are. Is there, um, are there, my, it's been like a hot minute since I played Hero, like a really long hot minute. It's like, we played the campaign of that like back in the early days of the podcast 13 years ago. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, like, are there mechanics in those systems for like political intrigue and stuff? Or are those more, because my memory, we, we didn't play a campaign of that. Like that was that flavor. So I don't know. Um, not as such that I recall. Okay. Um, it's been a while since I've taken a look at that uh, as well. So that that might be having to do something that you have to figure out, or maybe mm-hmm. there's a kit bash of something that is sort of more a political game. Yeah. Um, for that. Yeah, I would look into LARP rules. Like, I, I think instead of maybe looking at like pure tabletop games, mm-hmm. I think that there's a lot of space in LARPing style games that are designed 100% for social interaction. Obviously, not not your your buffer LARPs, for example, but even games that are similar to. I mean, obviously, Vampire the Masquerade is not the right game for this, but that same mm-hmm. kind of the in. I, I mean, I would even consider reading Vampire and like a mind's eye theater guide for Vampire, and then just being like, okay. What are the like social intrigue elements of this that I can pull from it that are like light on dice, light on mm-hmm. on actual like stats, and more about like how do I reward players for good social intrigue and stuff like that? So I think you might actually be better off even homebrewing something for this versus trying to kit bash an existing RPG system, but like using inspiration from games that are designed for social role play. Yeah, that was my thought too. I was thinking Vampire or L5R actually. Really? L5R <laughs> is like um like Asian inspired, but I think you could very easily skin it with um, like other other civilizations. Um, and it is very much like there is combat and things like that, but it does have a lot of that political court intrigue. You can be a politician and be a very influential, important character in a campaign, or you could be, you know, uh, a samurai, which you could like then skin as, oh, this is a knight of the yeah. crusade or whatever. Um, and so it'd probably be very easy to tweak to do what you wanted with it. There are very exciting combat pieces. There's um, duels. I would suggest um, I like uh, uh, the new edition of L5R will probably be the easiest thing to get. There's not there's a lot of it I don't particularly love, um, but uh, yeah, it's cool. And I think I think that'll have more of the non-combat elements that you want. Um, I don't remember if it has... I think there there even are some classes, I think, that have um, 
like moves for like armies, like if they're commanding um, forces. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't You're skipping ahead the question too. Yeah, well, no, but oh yeah, I am transitioning. I am. That's, a, that's what we call a segue. Oh, the, I see. Yeah. The professional podcast. Yes. I, mm-hmm. I get it. I didn't Segues. realize. Yes. <laughs> no, 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 not in a professional pod- pod- podcasting in fourth grade teaching. It's called oh, a segue. Gotcha. I <laughs> um, thought that was that two wheel thing that you got mm-hmm. on and it moved. And... That too. Yeah. Um, uh, actually, I do have one more comment yeah. on the on the first we, part of we it. We don't have to move on. I was just okay. Yeah, we can keep talking. About um. This. I'm not terribly a fan of GURPS. However, that being said, their source books are impeccable. And I highly recommend their source books for anything that you're going to do if they have something published about it. And with something like 50 titles, they almost certainly do. And I did look up earlier, there is a GURPS Crusade book, which not only talks about uh, magic and the Holy Land and stuff, but it also has some information about the secular and religious uh, ongoings that were happening in Europe at the time and the causes for the Crusades. So it might be a good thing to take a look at and uh, plunder for your own. Uh, And they even say, according to their blurb, it says it also has rules for running like an alternate history, which it sounds like you might be doing. And I think that uh, I think that you can almost never go wrong with one of their source books. Yes. It's a good system if you want to run a non-fantasy campaign, too, because there's a lot of systems that are built in with magic and things. And if you just remove the magic, things become really unbalanced. Mm-hmm. But GURPS is like made to be like, you can do a gunslinger in the Old West with no weird stuff and mm-hmm. just total bland normal humans or superheroes or magic or, like you said, it's generic. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Which is in the name, GURPS. <laughs> That's what the G stands for. All right. Are we good? Are we good? Yeah. We're going? Good yeah. for 1.1. Second, second question. 1.2? 1.2. Yes. Well, my my initial answer to the question about running a battle or siege of war is, to, again, I, my my last answer was get out of the TTRPG sandbox. <laughs> and I think the same thing now, too. I think I think go back to the the pre-D&D miniature style war games that that your uh, your Peter Cushing used to play with your mm. uh, who's Peter Cushing? He had, he had a, like a it was like Peter Cushing and like Christopher Christopher Lee were like playing these games oh, yeah. together. Oh, and neat. like I think like the Bronte sisters and something like these. There are there are like histories of these these miniature war games that go back long. In fact, it was it was because of those games that then Gygax and crew were like, what if we took this war game but then added like Lord of the Rings style stuff to it, and then you know stole Lord of the Rings style stuff and put it in there. <laughs> and so I think that like those existed before the pen and paper dice role playing games that we're talking about. And I think if you go to your hobby stores and things like that, you're still going to be able to find a lot of those older miniatures. And I think I think that's going to be a lot more suited to a grand battle. Now, if you're just trying to do what your characters are doing within that battle, that's a whole other ballgame. Mm-hmm. But if you're trying to actually simulate how the whole battle will go and how your players are going to strategize and stuff like that, those things are going to be way more conducive than trying to, like, again, kit bash a, a TTRPG into a massive, like, battle. You know, uh, it's funny you mentioned Gary uh, because that's kind of who I was going to reference in this. Cast, uh, the Castles Guide from Advanced Dungeons & Dragons is a wonderful resource. Mm-hmm. Like, they knew that they wanted their players to go to level 20 and then command armies at a certain point. So they had rule books built specifically for this end goal. So, I mean, going back to the older systems might be the way to go. Okay. You still want to stay in the tabletop realm, that is. Mm-hmm. If you kind of want to abstract it a little bit, um, I've heard 
good stories about kind of breaking down the parts of <laughs> what the army is and sort of deciding what motions and what actions they're going to do. And then you can have the players, uh, so in essence, can complete like skill challenges or say where they are and what they're doing to help that unit. And then you can run like a skill challenge to let them know how successful that was, how it's going on other fronts, and kind of time everything like that. Uh, not not so much in individual combat, but more like describing what they were doing. Maybe the unit that they're with gets a bonus because it's got heroes with it as opposed to uh, the standard unit of archers who are just trying to face down someone who's riding at them with uh, longswords or, or whatnot. But I, I, I've been a fan of things like uh, people talk a lot about how D&D 4E was not very good, and you see it a little bit in 5E as well, but the whole dramatic task, which also comes up in Savage Worlds, a system that I really like, mm -hmm. um, where you can have a certain number of successes before a certain number of failures, and something happens. And if you ran the battle kind of like that, mm -hmm. where your heroes are making choices and making these dramatic tasks and describing what it is that they're doing in order to further their forces, and they have enough of those before they have failures, which would represent the opposing army making their advances, it might be a, a really way to do that if you kind of want to condense that down. Now, obviously, if you want to make a big campaign and you want to have war yeah. games, or if you want to... Mm -hmm you know, run actual the units, that's not going to be great for you. But if you kind of want to abstract it, I mm -hmm. think that's a good idea. Mm -hmm. yeah. okay. um, again, L5R uh, does have like mass battle rules. We did it a couple times and I don't remember all the ins and outs of it, but um, there were battle moves and then your character also had specific moves, I believe. Um, so, because... Uh, in L5R, you're playing with different clans who are warring against each other, so you may actually get into, um, in addition to your party, getting on a little adventure, you're also like, oh, we caused a war. Let's fight the war. Okay. <laughs> Nobody's ever done that in L5R. <laughs> um, so take a look at that, too. Like, I know we can't speak to it super specifically, um, but for large battles, um, I remember it being a pretty smooth uh, process mm -hmm. and even though we weren't incredibly elegant or knowledgeable about it like we it was doable with Stu knowing what he was doing and running it um so take a look at that it's like the mass battle rules i believe is what it's called so you can just stop your game and play risk in the middle of your there game you go. and then that'll tell you how the thing played out at the end i was kind of thinking that honestly it yeah. it might be a really fun little like jaunt into something else or <laughs> if jaunt not, into another a game that will take you the rest of the night to play <laughs> and then you come back to your game when it's over well like next having, week yeah having yeah. one session that is like the it's war mm -hmm. um, like you know what might be neat is if you did something like that with risk or a war game which i know zero about and like played that game and that laid the actual timeline of the war out. Hmm. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And then you took that timeline into an, a tabletop RPG and played that out with your individual characters. That's not unlike the way that people will use. Um, oh, why am I blanking on the name? The um, the Frost Giant game, the um, where the world's ending and you're trying to like you have like a quiet year. Oh a lot yeah. Of people yeah, will yeah. use the oh, quiet yeah. year to design mm -hmm. a world that they then will play D&D in. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. I think or or other role playing games as well. Mm -hmm. Like I think it's really interesting. Yeah, you can use another game to be your your world builder. So yeah, using it the timeline mm -hmm. that's yeah. really interesting and fun. Yeah, that would be interesting because you already know 
like role playing that out, you know whether you win or lose the battle. Mm-hmm. So like then coming up with what you did to maybe cause that loss or in spite of that loss and oh man i want to write okay i'm or like, trade, or like, trade trade roles, TM, TM, TM. Or like when you get to those things <laughs> in the game you might have advantage disadvantage based on what happened in that and that right. battle and that would right. affect your input so. mm-hmm. and and you could do things like um jameson ran a game that was a heist game and there was a heist mechanic where you could declare something that that you did and retroactively spend a resource that you had to retroactively go back and make that have happen, which might be a neat way to do big battle stuff. And I know that shows up in a bunch of different systems as well. I think, I don't know if it's in Band of Blades, but I know it's in some of the other... They do like a stress mechanic for that. And I just, because we were playing D&D at the time, I was like, oh, you spend hit dice. And that just says you're exhausted from doing these other tasks. But it, it can be a really neat way to make something kind of dramatic. Or if someone has totally biffed everything, they might be able to salvage something by spending this limited resource in order to make it so it wasn't as bad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, chat is suggesting uh, Axis and Allies might be something you could play that. Yeah. Um, specifically, I think Middle-Earth Edition. Oh, yeah, Middle-Earth yeah. Edition. Or the Lord of the Rings version. Not Lord of the Game of Thrones version also. There's a good mm-hmm. Game of Thrones. Oh, game nice. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. Very good. That. And then for political stuff, Green Ronin has the Game of Thrones RPG. That could mm. work, yeah. Yeah. That makes there sense. is a little bit of magic in Game of Thrones RPG because Game of Thrones world is a magical world, but I think that it's a magical world that you can very easily skip around the magical stuff. If you yes. Want to. It's so rare, like having direct magic, um, that yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And almost all the magic, aside from like, say, dragons, could probably be explained away by some sort of weird. And I guess the Night King. I guess now that I'm saying, I'm thinking of a lot more magical things. That <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, leave out the Night King. But like, if you make a bunch of individual. <laughs> He's coming. Winter is coming. coming. I mean, why? The There's so many <laughs> Then it's like California where you're like, oh, winter's coming, winter's coming. The like week of winter we have, and yeah. then it's gone. You're like... But- well, not unlike California, our showrunners want to leave to make a Star Wars movie, they get fired. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> is that too shady? Sorry, we can use more shade in California. <laughs> shade is fine. <laughs> um, yeah, all right. That's very exciting. I'm so excited about designing that game now. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that sounds fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have to see. All right. It's like when people play. Is that what's the game? Is dread the game that you play with Jenga? Yeah, yeah. It's like I like the. I love when like you find ways, and it's it got a very video game vibe to that too. Like I, I, this is such a tangent, but one thing I love about Assassin's Creed Odyssey is that Mm -hmm. like in the middle of playing this Assassin's Creed game, suddenly there's like war, like battles break out between Sparta and Athens. You can like contribute, and then that changes how the politics of that region are. Yeah. Now, majorly, but then and there's, and there's things you can do as a player yeah. to shift things. Like you can actually like, you can go in and like steal money from the nation chest and stuff like that that pushes that towards that battle. So that's, yeah. that's a fun aspect of that game. Yeah. Starcrossed is another game that uses a Jenga tower like that. And it's like a doomed relationship. <laughs> like it's, it's a heartbreaker. So good. And it's like a one session game. And you are like a captain who falls in love with their ship's AI. So there's like a reason when you start the game, you cannot be together and you mm. like play it out. And it's just like, that's like that session of, 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 of uh Starscape that we played. Yes. Where I was the ship's AI and the captain fell in love with me. I was thinking that the whole time. I was like, yeah. Oh my God, this is like a game of Starcross. <laughs> and then Abria killed us all. Anyway. Uh, she, she do. Yeah. Like she she's does. Really good at it. She like is. She's the best. <laughs> All right. Second email. I'll read this one. Okay. Now, is it, you said it earlier. Is it Micah or Mika? Uh, 
I've never heard them say it, so okay. she might say Micah or Mika. Okay. I think it's Micah. I think it's Micah. Okay. I've, said it uh, that I've way. seen it spelled that way both ways. That's yeah. why I'm like, oh, I don't know. Because I think, yeah, okay. I've said Micah said and Micah. she hasn't corrected me. Okay, then I will go with that. All right. Hey, Kimmy, all the laser-plated heroes. We just, we just said it, Micah. Micah from <laughs> Arkansas here with two quick questions for the hosts. Question numero uno. What? what game systems capture their flavor of game the best? For example, I believe that Masks, a new generation, absolutely nails the tone and flavor of a teenage superhero team better than any other. What other games do this for their respective genre? And then, question numero dos. What systems have great lore and world building, but are undermined by a bad system? My example, I adore the setting for Shadowrun, but outside of the harebrained schemes of hair game scheme series of video games, I really have no interest in touching the system. Shout out to the Neo Anarchist podcast and its host, Opti, for an incredible in-universe history lesson for Shadowrun setting. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you for bringing the RPG goodness every week. P.S. Drink. Huzzah! And that is from Micah from Arcane, Kansas. And also call me north on the Discord. Yay! We have a very cool Discord community if you're interested. So, um, games. I feel like a lot of PBTA games are so niche. Like, they're designed and PBTA really, like, like blossoms when it's like, you are playing this exact specific thing. Like, mm-hmm. rather than like, okay, fantasy. Um, it's like, you are, you know, the hobbits coming back at the end of Lord of the Rings. And that's when, like, it really sings. So I feel like there's a lot of that, those examples. So I'm going to try and think of something that's not that. So anybody have an idea? Yes. Uh, are you familiar with JoJo's Bizarre Adventure? Yeah, I can see you are a huge <laughs> fan. Okay. Uh, Overarms from Rookie Jet Games or Rookie Jet Studios. They made a system that it's it's not JoJo's, but it encapsulates this so well. You get to create this uh, semi avatar that goes with your player or with your character, and the mechanics that back it up. Oh, so beautiful! But Rookie Jet Studios, really check them out. That's Overarms. Awesome. You gave him a really dirty look, Nick. Was that because you'd never heard of it or because that was going to be your answer? No, 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 n- oh. neither, neither. <laughs> it, it, it was, I didn't mean to be a dirty look. It was a like, really, this better be very good because I found it to be incomprehensible and one of the most boring things I've ever watched. JoJo's, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's because you got to go to season two. Oh, right. You know, because uh, shows are always great when you, when people say, skip the first season. Skip the first season. <laughs> Looking at you, Buffy. Just saying. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> I will say, in general, I think the second season of most shows are better than the first season because yes. that's when they've like figured the characters out and they don't have to do the like world building as much. But at the same time, the first season should still be watchable. Yeah. In any case, yeah, we're from right. Firefly. Ooh. Yeah. I'm good. <laughs> uh, my my exam my answer for this would of course be Starscape. No, I, my answer yeah. is. Aside from Starscape, which I thought was really good for what you were oh, doing with it, but uh, that's very awkward to keep saying to your face, but let me just continue flattering you. I have been running, I've been on a podcast called Game of Rassilon, and we've been playing the Doctor Who RPG, oh. and we are now in the fourth season. We're now using their second edition of Doctor Who RPG, and I think that, obviously this is very specific to Doctor Who, mm-hmm. but I think they did a really good job of taking what is great about Doctor Who and translating it into an RPG system. Mm-hmm. And like, I think the most perfect encapsulation of that in my mind is that 
when you get into like a conflict era, a, a, a round of the game, you declare your actions, and they actually the the four that are there now are talkers, movers, doers, or fighters. Mm-hmm. And fighters always go last, and talkers always go first, which is very very doctory. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so I like that about it a lot. And there's there's really cool things in place for how to have like a sonic screwdriver or how to have a a psychic paper but you don't you don't even have to play as the doctor or as time lord you can just play as people who live in the doctor who universe and there still are ways so you can play the game as people who maybe the doctor came to your world did something and now you're you know you're following after those those days like like a class type show or you can be like someone like a torchwood agent so you don't have to be but we're playing it with a doctor and i will say I like the new rules of their their 2.0 version better than the original run because as when I played the doctor mm-hmm. for three seasons, <laughs> it did get a little bit frustrating after a while that it was almost too easy for the doctor to do anything yeah. because your stats were so high. But one thing they've done to really like offset that in the new version is now whenever you roll if you roll it's it's a D, it's a 2d6 system it's not PBTA but it's very close to it. Mm-hmm. But now basically a 1 is always a no but uh, or at least a butt. There's always a butt. So even if you roll great, but you have a one, there's always a butt to it. And then a six is always got an and to it. So it's very oh. like, there's always something great that happens when you roll a six, even if you fail. And always something really bad that happens when you roll a one, even if you succeed. So that really throws an element of chaos, even to the doctor, which is very Doctor Who as well. Yeah. Doctor succeeds very well, and something goes catastrophically mm-hmm. wrong at the exact same moment. So I, I really like it, and I think the new system has done a great job of updating it. That's really great phrasing that I've never heard before describing like a PBTA or or more like story game is uh, yes or no, but and then a yes and yeah. Or that's amazing because like and a yes but yeah yeah yes because that's what that is. Like if you're playing mm-hmm. PBTA, if you've got like the mix mix success, it's a yes. But da 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 happens. Mm-hmm. That's a great way of saying that and making it very clear. I love that. I'm stealing that. I'd, I'd heard about the uh, talkers, talkers, talkers doers. doers fighters, yeah. yeah, yeah. On that, which I always thought was a really great way of doing it. And like you said, completely represents the Doctor Who uh, yeah. feeling. Like it that's does dead on. It does mm-hmm. take getting used to as a GM when you're running it because it is like you're not rolling initiative at all. You're going like, okay, who's doing what? And then also like sometimes like the talker will change things. So there are, there. it's a little bit more chaotic, but I think a good Doctor Who game should be chaotic. So yes. I yeah. will say the absolutely, hardest thing absolutely. about playing Doctor Who as a Doctor Who, as, as the Doctor, oh. is that the reason why the doctor on the show is able to figure anything out is because they're being written by the same person who wrote the problem. And it is, <laughs> it is a little frustrating as the player to be like, I am not as smart as this, this 2000 year old alien or, or more, if you go mm-hmm. like Chris Chibnall's era, but who, who is able to outsmart everyone in the universe. You're like, I have to outsmart the person across the room for me, but also act like I knew what was happening the entire time. And it can get, it can get very fun, but also so frustrating. Yeah. That's funny. Um, you have an, do you have an answer? Uh, yeah, actually, I have a couple here. Um, uh, the first is we mentioned Green Ronin earlier in the show, and I swear this is not like an endorsement show. We're not getting paid by anybody. We just happen to keep bringing up all these <laughs> systems. They ask. They um, ask for recommendations. They ask for systems. Yeah. Uh, but the the Green Ronin source book for the Black Company, I think, does a Whoa. fantastic job of marrying the source material of the series, uh, which I'm a big fan of, with the, I think it was third edition mechanics, and creating a world that felt very much like the Black Company world while still using the mechanics of something else and adding in 
their own unique magic system because magic works differently in that universe than it does in Dungeons and Dragons. So I, I highly recommend that if you can pick up a copy and, and you're at all interested in, in the series. Uh, it's by Glenn Cook, and I think there's something like 12 books. Mm-hmm. It's huge. Something like that. Um, we, Jameson and I recently played uh, Tiny Tina. Oh, yeah. Bunkers of Badasses. Which I think did a, like, I don't know very much about the uh, about the Borderlands universe, but I felt like reading through the book, there was a ton of lore. Oh, yeah. It was, it was great for a Borderlands game, not so much a Tiny Tina game, but uh, the random tables are really what made it. <laughs> very much encapsulated a lot of the, the class that you play in the game. So, think, uh, Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I think my answer for this, um, it's not so much like the, the setting, but I love Wild Talents. I think the mechanics of that game really capture what a, super, a superhero fight should feel like mm-hmm. more than any other game I've ever played. Hmm. Like, if you want to play like an Avengers, you know, New York fight, like wild talents, I think would be my recommendation every single time. And like Riley was describing at Doctor Who, because it, it encapsulates kind of that unpredictable, like wild element that, that happens. Um, so it's, it's the one roll engine. So basically you all say what you're going to do. And that's based on your sense stat. So if you have a high sense, you actually get to go last, because then you get to hear what everyone else is doing. So you're like, oh, you're, you have a better sense. You'd know what people were doing. And then everyone rolls at the same time. And the rolls actually resolve what order things happen in. So oh, interesting. it's really wow. fun. And combat goes really quick because of that. Because you're like, I'm doing this. I'm doing this. I'm doing this. And there's not like big, long spell lists or anything. Um, so like, say it's Avengers in New York, just because it's, something everybody can talk about. So you're like, okay, I'm Hawkeye. I'm going to shoot that guy's head. Um, one thing you can do. Yes. 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 One thing you can do. Um, but, you know, oh, I'm the Hulk. I'm going to, like, throw this building down. You know, so whichever. Ha- so, what, a great, what a great encapsulation of a different thing. He's been walking the movie again right, right now. Amazing. Um, so, and then, like, you know, uh, Captain America is going to throw a shield and try and, like, hit the okay. speeder. And where's, what's Ant-Man doing at this point in time? Uh, he's... <laughs> He was at the Bellinero, he, yeah, right? he's, yeah, his movie hasn't happened yet, so nobody knows. Uh, <laughs> that, was a, that was a silly... A I know, joke. I'm yeah. just kidding. Okay. Mine was a joke. Not according to his podcast. He was yeah, there. He I was. Know, um, so, like, okay, all the characters say that they're going to do those things. They roll, and then, okay, so Captain America, like, his roll hits first, so he throws his shield, he knocks the speeder out. So and the all guy, who opposes shield must yield? Yeah. So, the that guy's... That guy goes flying. So when Hawkeye's arrow was going to hit his head, the head's not there anymore. So the arrow just shoots and hits the wall behind him, which is then knocked over by the Hulk, which smashes everything. So as you're going through and resolving, oh, what'd you roll? What'd you roll? Um, It really just like causes a cool wild chaos scene, which is really fun. Hmm. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, I might steal that for when I, next time I run Doctor Who game, I might like (laughs) make that see how we resolve the rules to see how that plays out. Because there are a lot of times where like, the people who are talkers and, and movers will do something, and then the fighter's like, well, I can't do the thing that I was going to do anymore because no one's standing there. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, it's a very fun system, and it and combat is just... It just shines in combat, so it's fantastic. Um, yeah, so that was my answer. I love that one, and I always, I always plug it. It was, like, the first system that I really loved enough to learn everything about in GM. So mm-hmm. it was, like, my... 
my GM blossoming system. It was fun. I remember. I still remember that uh, superhero high school. It wasn't a superhero high school, but it was the high school where where we all sat down and looked at the folders and thought we were going to be students with these icons, but we were actually the teachers of those classes. Oh, I like that. It was a lot of fun. It was a nice little curveball uh, on it as well. I, I did that a lot. I ran, I actually skinned that system to do a Harry Potter version where I like created a whole way of casting spells in the game that wasn't actually there. Um, that was really super easy. And then I also skinned it to be, that was the system I used for my, um, my Skyrim game mm. where everyone sat down and cause I do this every time I run a con game, it's like, Oh, it's a Kimmy game. There's going to be a twist. <laughs> um, everyone sat down and you don't get to look at the character sheets. You just have like a symbol on the, on the top of the folder. You're like, okay, I'm going to be the healer or whatever. They all opened it and it turned out that they were all the dragon. Oh, I love it. So yeah, they, they had a good time and they still to this day at conventions, will see each other and be like, Dragon Brother, and like because they decided they were they like they were all a clutch together, so they were like yeah. young punky teenage dragons in Skyrim, yeah, just wrecking shit. Yeah. It was very cool. Young punky teenage dragons, young yeah. punky teenage dragons, wrecking shit, wrecking shit. Okay. <laughs> all right. Uh, Very good. I think we we've covered this topic. Last email. Oh, no. Well, we have the second, second part. Of oh, second part. Oh, yes, sorry. Ghost, sorry. The sorry. opposite of that question. Sorry, mm-hmm. What is a what is a setting that you think is adorable, mm-hmm. but the system doesn't necessarily support the setting that it lays out? Oh wow! Now we're getting to the shade part. Yeah. <laughs> Crack our knuckles. Yeah. Okay. Um, Who wants to start the trash talk? <laughs> All right, I'm going to start with one that I haven't actually played yet, but I'm going to, I like have read through it and I'm like, eh. is the new, um, uh, uh, I've gone completely rank Marvel Cinematic Universe. Oh, okay. Oh, um, really? Yeah. Like, oh. it feels like someone was paid to write about a thing that they sort of knew about. Mm. It's like someone wrote mechanics and someone who knew about Marvel came in and was like, hey, here's stuff about that. Mm. And, oh, you know, it'd be hilarious if you have to roll a 616 on the die because it's Earth 616. No, it's not! (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm with with Ms. Marvel on this one. It is not, and you cannot convince me otherwise, Kevin. (laughs) Kevin. But, um... So it's Kevin. yeah. I ha- so admittedly, maybe it plays beautifully. I've run or I've read a lot of TTRPGs, and it just has that vibe of like a corporation paying someone, um. and there's just not like a lot of heart in it. And it, it, I also like. I'm gonna admit, I'm super salty that they were like, buy this playtest, spend money to playtest. Play yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, but um, maybe it'll get better after the playtesting. Hopefully. Yeah. Usually. There's so many, like, good superhero games out there, though. It's, I, I don't know. I know it's Marvel and slash Disney, and they have to be like, here's our branded one. But I don't know. Especially when, God, what was the, what was the first Marvel one so many years ago? I feel like it was, like, Chef's Kiss. Like, yeah, that was oh, great. Like, uh, the charts and everything, right? What's it called? Um, Face Rip. <laughs> what's that? F-A-S-E-R-I-P? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think so. I don't know. Chad will probably tell us in a few. But anyway, it just felt meh. 
Like, it probably plays fine, mm-hmm. but it's just, it's like the mayonnaise of, like, superhero <laughs> games. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, I, I have one, but I am going to issue this disclaimer. This is Nick's opinion alone. <laughs> this opinion does not reflect the opinion of Happy Jacks. Please do not email us, send hate mail, or do anything else that is contrary to the laws and customs of your principality, state, or government. Get your tomato ready. The av- the new Avatar game. Yes. Okay. It has beautiful, uh, like from what I've seen, the production is beautiful. Yes. The world, if you are familiar uh, about it, is just is gorgeous. There's a ton of history. There's all this backstory. You could be playing as the Avatar. You could be people in other parts of the world. It is just a great, great bit of lore and world building. And the system is so clunky and confusing for something mm. that's supposed to be based off of uh, Power by the Apocalypse, PBTA. They just shoved in so many things and absolutely mine's also a pbta game and i think that's a problem with the system overall where not not with the system but with how people use the system yeah the whole point of pbta is supposed to be the simplicity of it and, mm-hmm. the, and the ability to do just as much as you need to make your world exist and i do think every time that anyone overcomplicates the system it it makes it really hard to play and confusing and and uh, clunky. So finish your thought before I go into my. Oh, just that was actually going to be my my. Oh, you when I one? first read the email, I was like, <laughs> "Oh, Avatar." I'm going to say Avatar. You know, maybe I'll try and talk about the new game. So I'm glad you said that because oh, that's, so that's why I said I just wanted to make sure that, that James we don't... Cameron world with yes. the blue people. Those oh yeah, of course, people. yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> that Avatar. Blue <laughs> people, but not yeah. me. I know their names. And I think you, I think you both nailed what it is so much. Like people are like, oh, "I'm going to design PBTA," but like what we said a few episodes ago, with a hat on it. It's going to be, like, different <laughs> and special because it's got... A tiny hat. hat. Or a bad hat. No, right. I like, actually like a lot of bad hat production games. Which just, it's right there. There's right. a hat on a hat. I have to but, but you just try and cram too much stuff into it. or And it just is like, oh, this is special and cool, but it just, like, takes away from the elegance of it. Yeah. It's like um, that, that 30 yeah. Rock where they're trying to update the microwave and they build it into an SUV by the time they're done with it. <laughs> it's like you you take a PBTA game by the time you're done with it, like, oh, no, I have, I have AD&D right now. I have, I have like, the yes. clunk, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I've created, uh, I've created, I've created Pathfinders with half of it. system. Yeah, mine, my, my Canyon Arrow. Are you don't? I don't want to cut you off. Are you <laughs> no, no, no please like, go ahead. Mine is also. I absolutely adore this PBTA game system, the mm-hmm. the, the world of Far Flung. It is a, it, it's it's a sci-fi. It's it's the absolute end of the universe. The playbooks are so awesome there's so many weird it's i love a game that embraces its weirdness and we played it as a as a, a patreon bonus for my my doctor who podcast so we did that as a, as a patreon and i my my character was like one of one of the playbooks is like lord of ashes and the idea is that you Ooh. are this you are this despot of a like galaxy spanning empire but you're at the end of the universe. So your empire is like long since dead, but you're still alive mm-hmm. and you're bored. And like, you're like, so you're like Mongo, like Clyde assemble, like you're that kind of character. <laughs> and it's so great. And there's so much flip, but there's so, just a couple of weird rules stuck into it. And I also felt like the, the moves that your playbooks do weren't as conducive to like ongoing gameplay as they mm-hmm. wanted to be. And so we found as we were doing our, our play test of it, that as much as we adored the setting and the playbooks mm-hmm. that, 
that mm. the rules were really getting us caught up a lot as a whole element of like you have history points and you or you have future points and like it's kind of like mm. when you're playing a like Lasers and feelings or or not Lasers and feelings uh, like honey heist but it's like now oh, i have yeah. more history points now i have more past what future points and it, it, after a while it got very confusing and again Maybe if we played it for a bunch more sessions, we would figure it out. But I would say that for... I think a good PBTA game should work great for one-offs. Mm -hmm. And if it doesn't, I feel like there's something not quite there. And so, so much as I love, love, love what they're doing with it, I think hopefully they'll like revise it for a later version and make it a little more streamlined. Yeah. Mm. Nice. Uh, I'm, I was starting to see a theme, and then uh, the theme got shattered. Thank you. Um, adaptations. Mine... I played through this. It was agonizing. It was it was painful to do characters. Just the layout is bad. Um, the Witcher RPG. Yes. I hated oh that so yes. much. And it's got five stars on like most places you look. And I'm like, are they actually playing the game? Are they buying it, putting it on their shelf and say, yep, I purchased that. <laughs> the flowchart for combat is just so nebulous and you just feel so inept. Even if you're playing as the Witcher or a Witcher, mm -hmm. it's bad. You got a 10% chance of critically failing everything you do. Yeah. And it's, oh, it's frustrating to no end. And it doesn't have like, mm -hmm. like in PBTA or something, or a lot of like more narrative games, if you fail, that's great. It fails the story forward. Yeah, no, you just fail. You just fail. Yeah. yeah. It's just like. Magic uh, backfires, you lop off your own yeah. limb. It's, and also <laughs> yeah. like the classes, you're like, oh, you can have a merchant or a peasant or the Witcher. Like, this is not, <laughs> these are not fair. Yeah. One yeah. of these things is not like the others. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I have a opposite of this question answer mm -hmm. as well, where uh -huh. I have a, a game where I like the rule system, but I wish the world was different. Oh. And this is, in full disclosure, I was paid to do a playtest for this game, and I like the people who worked. It was done by the Op Games, and it's the Onward adaptation that, that Disney commissioned the Op Games to do. Uh, I... This is actually maybe like my own personal preference thing. I don't think it's actually a flaw of the game. It's mm. just like, I think it is actually a very good game for people who want to get their kids into, especially like a fantasy magic sword and sorcery kind yeah. of game, but mm -hmm. maybe think that like your D&D and your Pathfinders are a little bit too complicated for younger players. Mm -hmm. This is a good game for using the same seven dice that you would find in D&D, mm -hmm. or those kind of games, but for... For kids like to be able to comprehend the game and get into it but my big complaint about the onward game mm. is that the onward game is set in the same like in movie onward like he's playing quests of yore yeah. and the gag is like oh what if instead of being a fantasy game it's historical games but in a world where the history is fantasy yeah and so the game you get is that game mm -hmm. but like the joy of Onward is that it's a fantasy world set in a modern day fantasy world. And I think like if you're going to make an Onward RPG, I want to play a game that is like what the characters in the movie are doing, oh. not like the game the characters in the movie are playing. Right. Exactly. I get I why they did right. it. So I, I think it's, it's it's great for 100% what they were trying to do with it. Mm. Yeah. My I wish they were trying to do something entirely different with it. <laughs> and that is, that is again, that is, it's, not even, it's not a bad game at all. I think it's a great usage. It's very... It's kind of a nice blend of your typical D20 game with a, a kids on bikes type game where yeah. basically your individual dice are what you roll for your stats and stuff like that. And actually only the, the GM uses the D20. Oh. So it's a really interesting system. It's actually very stripped down, very fun. But I'm just like, I want to play the game where I have kids like fighting dragons in front of their elementary school and yeah. going on like the bus and having like a centaur you have to convince to go running and things like that. Like, I love that kind of stuff. I thought, I thought Onward is such a fun movie mm -hmm. that I want to live and play in exactly that world, not the world that is like all the other fantasy RPGs have already played. Yeah. Yes. Uh, that was actually a conversation when we were writing it. 
Oh my god, did I, just, <laughs> I did not realize you worked on that, I'm so sorry. Yeah. Yeah, it was funny, you said onward, and but yeah, it looks at each other like, oh my god, I'm so sorry, I didn't realize you guys no, worked no, on it. No, I, I didn't know, he did. Okay. I, I'm the worst, I have to go, I'll see you no, later. No, 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 but I get it, like, I understand, like, you probably had marching orders, and that's why you did what right. you did it, yeah. and again, I think it's great for what it's doing, mm -hmm. so, I'm glad that I was complimentary of the game itself. <laughs> yeah, so I was like, go on, do yeah. that. <laughs> Even if you don't, that's yeah, right. Yeah, no, no. It, oh it's, it's a did you see it? Did you see it written on my sheet? I did, time? and I looked yeah. over. I'm like, oh, this is going to be a next. Uh, I'm glad really that fun. I was like kind about it. And again, <laughs> like I said, I ran it. Mm -hmm. I ran it in a, in a test, and I thought it was really fun and really easy to run as a GM. Mm -hmm. So I think it's I think it's a great intro for kids. I and and all ages too. But I I really want to play the modern day version. No, no, I totally agree. Like when we were given it, um, uh, we were said, you know, hey, you got to do it in this, and here's the kind of story we want to tell because we want to make it easy for kids to jump into it yeah. so yeah we wanted to mimic the stuff that you saw in the movies but we wanted to give you more view of something previous yeah. to that are you getting calls to i am take, getting take calls. me out <laughs> <laughs> what no no uh james i feel so embarrassed right now <laughs> don't be don't be no, yeah, absolutely. it was complimentary it was yeah. great i didn't actually design the system i just wrote yeah. the campaign so yeah well, and and that's what I trashed. That's perfect. Great. <laughs> no, I actually, I actually ran the the opening, like the like the mm -hmm. the kind of like oh, the Hopendell one. Yeah, that yeah. was like that's what I did for my 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 playtest. It was great. It was very fun. Well, and also as people who write adventures and games and design systems, like you have to get used to people giving you feedback, yes, yes. whether they like it or not. And you did it very nicely. Some of the people, I'm glad. I'm yeah. glad I didn't know. They really messed this up. They did it completely wrong. It's the terrible system. I'm like, yeah. oh no, terrible system. What are you going to do? Oh no. Well, I mean, also that's some of the best feedback you get yeah. when people just like are like super adamant. Like this was terrible. You're like, no, I like it. I think it's good. I'm going to stand by it. Or, no, they're right. Yeah, that is terrible. I didn't see that. Yeah. No, it's totally fine. No, no, no. Totally fine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jamin's done lots of playtests with me and stuff. He, we, we know how it goes. It's all good. Um, but I'd also forgotten that you'd worked on that too. So the whole time I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. But what's frustrating about that is that it's it's a good game, and I wish that it was sold in tabletop role play stores. Yeah. It's never there. It's always in like the board game section. I'm like, you're kind of not giving them what they want. It's not a board game. Yes, there are pieces and whatnot, but it's it's a role playing game. Yeah. yeah. Which they move it over, but which I, I get the idea behind it because the idea is like let's get people who are not already playing teach everybody used to play this. Like, yeah. It's it's it is. I mean, like it feels like. I mean, obviously you would know more than I would from what you were given to write it, but. My my understanding of it, looking at it, is oh, this is a game. It's like, how do we get non TTRPG players to play a TTRPG? Exactly, and that's a lot of what it was when we had to design it. It was uh, how can we have threats in here that aren't going to be like, oh, you kill this goblin. It's like we had to have new ways to handle it because goblins are people too. Remember yeah. that, folks. <laughs> goblins are people too. The newest ver the newest monster manual is now doing too, which I love. Yes, finally. yeah, finally. thank goodness. It's about time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right, I think we're done with that one. Yeah. 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 Okay. Does anyone else have a project they worked on that I can just go off? Does anybody hate Game of Rastalon, the Doctor Who fight? <laughs> Does anyone dislike the the Rat Queens RPG? <laughs> no, but as you're talking about the the Doctor Who RPG, I've been I have been working on this RPG system for probably three years now. And when you outlined the rules, I'm like, well, that's my game. I'm gonna go delete that document when I get home. <laughs> and there's certainly no RPG that's similar to. <laughs> No. Oh no! Well, you can't copyright or trademark dice mechanics. No. So you can steal dice mechanics from any game. 
Yep. You just have to write other stuff using that mechanic. Yep. So yeah. it's all fine. You can steal it. It's okay. You mean you are allowed to tap? Yeah. <laughs> tap. Oh, man. Yes. <laughs> that was for the magic uh, players out yes, there. Yes, yeah, we got it. Three of them. All right. I play magic like in the day. I mean, not even since we've started this podcast, like it was like my high school, but I still have my cards somewhere. They're all probably like collectors. I should probably like look into that. I got someone you could talk to about that. They like get into that stuff. Like the new setting, new Capenna. Oh, so good. Yeah. So, so good. I just bought the pretty ones. I was like, most of it's horses, which surprises nobody. I hope there's, is there, I mean, this is a tangent here, but I, is there lore about New Capenna? Because I saw the cards and they're gorgeous. Yes, there is lore. It's, um, they have all these free things online. You can go to the, the wizards.com or whatever to, to see it. Uh, but they have these little stories. But the whole thing is that it's kind of like a 1920s, but with magic. Okay. It's the interesting part of the Fantastic Beast minus everything that happened in that movie. So like, oh. The stuff I actually wanted to know about magic and how mob bosses work in that type of realm. Hmm. That's what it's all focused on. I look forward to the D&D companion book that comes out for Right. Yeah. That's what I will. That, that is, be March 2023. That is my jam. Like, like That is that kind of setting. When we, when we were playing Broken Pact, which is obviously was set in Ravnica, which is more like older, like Amsterdam kind of like that mm-hmm. kind of vibe. But... Uh, or like not Amsterdam, but like that, like, you know what I mean? Like that, like very Scandinavian, not Scandinavian. I, I'm Eastern European, kind of like whatever. Gotcha. But, like, my GM would occasionally throw, like, Art Deco kind of stuff into, like, the nice. buildings. And I'm like, this is my GM. Let's do all this. So, yeah, the idea of 1920s-esque with magic is is what I'm living for. Oh, yeah. So. New Capenna. So good. I read somewhere, and I totally agree with this. Elves are Art Nouveau. Dwarves are Art Deco. Yeah. Yeah. There. Yeah. Into it. All right. Last Third email. email. Third email. Greetings, Jackers, from the scorching hot furnace of, uh, that is, 20 degrees Celsius, Sweden. I have stepped up my note-taking this year, Woo-hoo! at least one note per scene, wow. which I later fl- uh, flash out, summarize, and publish in between sessions. I find the record Bless keeping... Bless you. Right? I find the record keeping <laughs> meaningful... Excuse me, I forgot the passive voice. The record keeping is meaningful, although challenging. <laughs> Does it include time records? Mm-hmm. Time stamps. Uh, I want the summary to, yeah, I want the summary to double as a reference guide for future sessions. Now I stand humbly before you and seek your guidance. Help me, Oi Kimmy San, Oh Holy, uh, you are my only hope. <laughs> before you answer, have some context. I use Google Sites to order sessions by system, settings, shared universe, adventures. Here is another example of my struggles. In an early session, we met two of the. Th- Two of the three local lords uh, ruling the lands. I noted down as much information as I could. Uh, that information is somewhere midway through the summary. Two sessions later, the third lord introduces himself shortly. I went back and flashed out his information in the earlier summary to keep it all in one place. It's heavily foreshadowed that their relationship, wants, and loyalties will become a key plot point in the future. More of a political game. Maybe I should keep NPCs as a separate page? But that's open to uh, open up for more pages, as, such as towns, plot hooks, achievements, and threats. It's no longer a simple summary, but an encyclopedia to maintain. Uh, Nicholas in Sweden. What's the Oof. question? What's the I, ask? Here? I think it it's like how do it. you do it? It feels like it feels it, like you've got it. Like I don't know. Like, <laughs> well, I think they're acti- they're asking for like 
applications, like specific things or tricks to organize things so they can quickly reference the information. Okay, so um, Google Sites is like the one thing I haven't messed with a lot. Um, I learned enough about it to pass my level two Google education or Google educator certification and then promptly never used any of it mm -hmm. um, because I do my own sites with HTML. Um, so I don't know exactly. So fancy. Yeah, so fancy. <laughs> so I don't know exactly when you're like, I can't picture it in my head exactly how you've laid that out. Um, if you want to go for free Google tools, if you have that much information, I might actually, if, if you want it to be like referenced very quickly, a Google Sheet might actually be a really good thing to use with tabs at the bottom for each thing. So like NPCs on one tab, locations on one tab. Um, it's going to look like a hot mess when you just look at it. But if you have like the names over here um, and then the next column is like description or like what they look like. And the next one is like where they're located, their occupation, whatever you want. Um, you can then click on each cell and it'll pop up the full amount of information that you have stored there, um, which might be a quick way to reference everything, have things in tables and make sure you're writing down the same things about all the characters. Um, and that was it's Google. So it's free. Mm -hmm. You may also want to just have and this might seem like a total nightmare to you, but I have my students do this a lot um, with a, just a straight Google Doc with different sections and then just use the search function to find individual characters because mm -hmm. um, it'll be almost instantaneous and you'll be able to type and format things however you like and it's all in one place. Mm. So that's those are my suggestions if you want to stick with the Google suite of stuff. Yeah, because I have the, like the outlining tool on the side. So if you do uh, different yeah. headers and such, you can see, oh, NPCs are down here. Click yeah. on that and it'll totally. jump to it. Yeah. Totally or just amazing. hit Control F and look for blacksmith or start typing it and it'll be like, Doot! and it tells you all the blacksmith characters. Mm. Yeah. I was going to ask if they had some sort of like a hyperlink capacity, but you're saying it's like you can do like a table of contents or yeah. like yeah. you see on some PDFs yeah. or... Mm -hmm. Just control F and yeah. type yeah. in what you're looking for. Basically, oh. in Google Docs, if you make anything outline form, you can open up an outline like like side view panel, basically. Mm -hmm. And it automatically, whenever you do like a tab over and give a heading, it'll just fill that in for you. So, ooh, sorry. <laughs> as, as someone who was writing a book last year and didn't know that was a good feature, it became a godsend as I was writing Absolutely. it. Yeah, it was I bet. wonderful. Mm -hmm. It was one of those miraculous things when I was writing Starscape that just accidentally happened. And I was like, Oh my gosh, this is amazing. 100% my experience with the tools. Like, yeah. This is awesome. Yeah. It's the yes. best thing that's ever happened to me. Yeah. I was actually um, going to throw this yeah. out, and I don't know if it's free, but I, I feel like it is. Maybe it's not. Uh, and this is, I guess, your comfort level with having this widely available. Uh, using Wikipedia, mm -hmm. opening your own Wikipedia, and uh, this way you can have hyperlinks. You can write a story about this person and then you can click on, you know, that person and it goes to their page and have information there. Is it Wikipedia or isn't it like, isn't there another site that does Using it? Is it a wiki? You mean a, like a wiki, wiki, wiki yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like, okay. like a fandom wiki or something like exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and then you can have your players add to their information or keep a log or anything that they feel is important that you may have missed. I mean, this way all of the burden isn't on you. But I wasn't sure in this email if we're, t if we're reading the email from a player or from a GM. And so yeah, I was unclear also. Be, I, like, 
Yeah. Like, are you trying to organize things for your players, or are you a player in this party who just loves taking really detailed notes? Which is always the best thing to have at a table as someone who has very bad ADHD and has a hard yeah. time with it. But mm-hmm. I think I think the applications would probably be the same for both. Sure. Like what you write down as the person who sent the email, Nicholas like will be different, but I think the actual to- tools you use could be used for both. Yeah. Um, I never used it. She used to like wax about or Wayne, whatever that is. I, I wax lost my poetic. That's what it is. Thank you. I lost my metaphor. Sorry. Um, uh, about one note. Mm. Um, but I can't personally speak to that. And I know it's a limited function unless you start paying for it. Yeah. I tried it one time and it just like didn't work for my brain. I've heard similar things, but uh, about uh, an assistant sponsor, of course, World Anvil. Um, yeah. Where you can just have your campaign and then keep track of your NPCs and quests, what have you. So yeah, that does. Uh, it's like a wiki function. Exactly. Um, and there is a free level, and then there are paid levels. Um, I, I haven't used that one either, but I've heard good things about it. And it's specifically for role playing games. And that one, the thing, good thing about that one is you can share it with people. So if you are, you know, the great note taker that wants to share all your stuff or the GM or whatever, you can do that and you can keep adding to it. So if you play for a really long campaign, then it's like always there. I think, uh, doesn't Obsidian Portal do that? Although yeah. it mainly focuses on, on computer, our computer MMOs and stuff. Obsidian Portal does that. Yeah. Okay. Might I, be another thing to, to look at. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, it is something that you absolutely can do. And I think a lot of people overthink that or overthink this or get too detailed with it. So honestly, like I've tried so many things and Google's free. And if you make a doc, especially with the search function and the new outline tool, like you can find stuff almost instantly Mm -hmm. and it's all just in one place on one document. Very easy to share. Yeah super easy to share and then unshare if you suddenly decide you want it to be secret yeah um, and i don't know it's a nightmare probably if you're like read through this that'd be terrible but you can find the information pretty quick that way yeah the nice thing about you know google as well is that if you're talking about international google has a lot more presence in other places where you might have some urls that maybe not aren't oh, as yep. have much oh yeah i didn't even think about resources. that you're right she's a vpn yeah no i actually have no idea some of the things we suggested might not even be available in sweden right now so yeah google is that's why everywhere google on everything yeah plus it's like if you can use something for free from an evil mega corporation like you might as well take their take their right. like use up their server space too. yeah yeah take it take it <laughs> Use all your free gigs. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Make multiple accounts and use more gigs. Yeah. Delete nothing. Yep. <laughs> Kimmy storage one. Kimmy storage two. Kimmy storage three at gmail.com. I don't check it. So if you send nothing, I will never see it. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> I made a series of email addresses that are all for whatever function that I want to have. So I have like, like, a spam one so like if, if ever someone <laughs> asks me to sign my an email for like mm. form oh, that yeah. i don't want to get emails from but i just want to get the discount or whatever i just yeah. i use my anti-spam one oh, and so nice. i have a whole inbox that's just those like so the nice thing is when my when my phone has you know a bunch of unread emails i know i can just mark that whole inbox and I, <laughs> and I won't miss anything at all so nice. similarly I, I have like one that's just for online shopping and that's all it's for so it's like receipts and ads and everything brilliant, brilliant. Yeah. yeah i should do that 
I have a I have a bunch for like characters that I was gonna that I did like a Twitter presence for, and oh, so nice. I needed to have like mm-hmm. a, a email account for them. <laughs> yeah, but I've been, most of them I've forgotten what they are. <laughs> so somewhere there's yeah. <laughs> All right, very good. I think I think that's it. Are we good? Mm-hmm. Are we good? Yeah, okay. I think so yeah. can I talk All about right. onward a little more? No. <laughs> <laughs> the writing just really <laughs> mediocre. I really hate about the campaign. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you for joining us for Season 30, Episode 12 of the Happy Jacks RPG Podcast. Uh, thank you to our chat mod, James V, for keeping us safe. And thank you, as always, to our amazing Patreons who keep us ad-free and independent. I do want to talk for a minute because we did talk about a lot of different games and different systems and websites. Um, Happy Jacks does not accept any sponsorships. So anything we say on this podcast is 100% honest because we're not motivated by money. So if we said we like something, Thing, it's because the person saying it liked it so you can trust us um and we also talk shit on stuff a lot so you can tell we're <laughs> honest <laughs> it's okay that is so not the first time that's happened so funny. um and so yeah my name is kimmy i'm nick jameson riley um and don't forget JackerCon is coming up july 22nd through the 24th if you go to happyjacks.org slash jc you can see all the information join the discord join games and have a blast all right thank you um today we are going to be leaving with you a song um <laughs> Stu wanted me to uh play one of the new songs from his new net busker folk shop podcast so i picked the most annoying one to play for you all because <laughs> i love you so much um so this is the wellerman but uh, i've never perform- heard of that <laughs> <Is anyone? laughs> played by Stu venable for net busker folk shop uh podcast you can find it at netbusker.net there once was a ship that put to sea, and the name of the ship was the Billy of Tea. The winds blew up her bow, dipped down, oh blow, my bully boys blow. Soon may the wellermen come to bring us sugar and tea and rum. One day when the tongue is done, we'll take our leave and go. She had not been two weeks from shore when down on her a right whale bore. The captain called all hands and swore he'd take that whale in tow. Soon may the wellermen come to bring us sugar and tea and rum. One day when the tonguing is done, we'll take our leave and go. Before the boat had hit the water, the whale's tail came up and caught her. All hands to the side harpooned and fought her when she dived down low. Soon may the wellermen come to bring us sugar and tea and rum. One day when the tonguing is done, we'll take our leave and go. No line was caught, no whale was freed. The captain's mind was not of greed, but he belonged to the wellermen's creed. He took that ship in tow. Soon may the wellermen come to bring us sugar and tea and rum. One day when the tonguing is done, we'll take our leave and go. For forty days or even more, the line went slack, then tight once more. All boats were lost, there were only four, but still that whale did go. Soon may the wellermen come to bring us sugar and tea and rum. One day when the tonguing is done, we'll take our leave and go. As far as I've heard, the fight's still on, the line's not cut, and the whale's not gone. The wellerman makes his regular call to encourage captain, crew, and all. Soon may the wellermen come to bring us sugar and tea and rum. One day when the tonguing is done, we'll take our leave and go. Ah! Soon may the wellermen come to bring us sugar and tea and rum. One day when the tonguing is done, we'll take our leave and go. Ah! This show is a product of the Happy Jacks RPG Network. 
the Mary Sues performed our intro music, and our ending song was played with the express permission of the artist. Visit happyjacks.org for more information and to find all our streams and podcasts.